From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Hi, Johnny. Say, didn't you tell me one time that you're quite a nut about fishing? What's that? Pat McCracken at Universal Adjustment Bureau. Doggone it, you know you spiked my plans for a fishing trip just a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. All right. What's on your mind? Big fish. Real big fish. You ever hear of Douglas R. Lanfear? Uh, millionaire playboy, sportsman, yachtsman? That's the one. Well, didn't I read somewhere that yeah, he Yeah, you was... sure did, Johnny, at the bottom of the deep blue sea. And a $400,000 claim has been filed. You interested? An expense account based on that will be a pleasure. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the sea legs matter. Expense account item one, 90 cents. Taxi from my apartment to the offices of Universal Adjustment where Pat McCracken was waiting for me with a handful and a head full of information. Two claims, Johnny, both filed by Constance Lansfear, the wife. Here are copies of them. How come two, Pat? Now, number one is against Douglas Lanfear's life policy with Greater Southwest Life and Casualty Insurance Company, $250,000. Uh huh. What's the other? $150,000 International Maritime Organization for the loss of the Lanfear yacht. 400,000 claims. That's right. Okay, what's the story? Well, Lanfear was making a trip along the coast of Central America in his yacht, the Sea Legs. He ran onto a rock or something, the boat sank, and he and his crew of one went down with her. Well, do you have any reason to question the uh, validity of the claim by Mrs. Lanfear? Two and a half years ago, Lanfear himself filed a claim with International Maritime. It seems he lost a power cruiser in exactly the same place, near the Boldaro Islands off the coast of Nicaragua. $85,000. Total loss? Happened in a spot where not one bit of the wreck could be salvaged. Oh, where'd you learn that? Local authorities in this small Nicaraguan seaport, and Mrs. Lanfear, she was with him on that trip. But she wasn't with him on this one, aboard the Sea Legs. No, or presumably she wouldn't be around to file the claim. Uh Where's Constant Lanfear now, Pat? Home, as far as I know, lives on their small estate on Long Island, out near the town of Kachog. You want to call her, talk to her? No. I think I'll go down there. Item two, 2120, fare and miscellaneous to Kachog, Long Island. Item three, a buck even for a taxi from the little station to the Lanfear estate. Estate, did you call it, mister? Well, isn't it? Well, it used to be, before the land fear sold off a lot of it. Oh, that's so? Yeah, I guess there wasn't nothing else they could do to keep up with that high way of living. Keep talking, fella. Well, the old man, Lanfear's father-in-law, well, he had plenty, I guess. But after he died, all the kids seemed to do was spend it. Uh, you know what I mean? Fancy yachts, lots of polo playing, Florida in the winter, Maine in the summer, all that sort of thing. Oh, there's a place now, right up ahead there on the right. I looked, and what I saw apparently bore out what the taxi driver had said. A big stone wall surrounded what had evidently been the original, rather vast property belonging to the estate. Square in the middle of it sat what was probably once called a mansion. But small, new, modern homes were crowding in on the old house. Hello. Mrs. Lanfear? That's right. I'm Johnny Dollar. I'm representing the Universal Adjustment Bureau in Hartford. Oh, yes, of course. In connection with the insurance. Yes, ma'am. Well, won't you come in, please? Right in here, Mr. Dollar. And do pardon the looks of the place. I'm afraid I've neglected things somewhat since... Well, s- sit down, please. Thank you. I, uh... I hope you don't mind answering a few questions, Mrs. Lanfear. But since you've already filed claims on the insurance policies, well, I'll try to be as brief as possible. I don't want to seem cold-blooded about it, Mr. Dollar, but the initial shock of losing Doug and the loss of the yacht is past. And there's nothing to be gained in just sitting around feeling sorry for myself, particularly in view of the day-to-day problems I have to face. 
What uh, problems, Mrs. Lanfear? To be perfectly blunt about it, financial mostly. Well, I, I must say your attitude is very commendable. It's a necessary attitude under the circumstances. Now, what may I tell you? If you're sure you don't mind talking about it. I'd like to know all I can about the circumstances surrounding the sinking of the yacht. Well, I don't quite know how to start. We were on a... Well, just a pleasure cruise. You were along on this trip? Yes. That is, up until... Until the day it happened. Oh, why did Doug ever have to... I'm sorry, Mr. Dollar. Well, we were just taking our time, cruising south along the east coast of Central America, doing a little fishing. We'd often taken the sea legs down there. That's the yacht? Yes, a motor sailor. Here, on the wall. This is a picture of her. That's Doug on deck. Oh. Isn't she beautiful? 68 feet overall, 20-foot beam, solid teak decking, everything. Yes, that is a good-looking boat. It's terrible to lose something as nice as that, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes. Anyhow, along the coast of Nicaragua, Doug decided to put in at San Juan del Perro. That's uh, where the sea legs had originally been built. But the sandbar formations have almost ruined San Juan as a port, so we went on up to Bluefields. Oh, yes, I understand that's now the best seaport on the Caribbean side of Nicaragua. You know that country down there? Only from what I've read. Oh. Uh, but go on, please. Well, while we were there, he had some work done on our radio equipment. We'd had trouble with it on the way down. Uh-huh. When the work was finished, of course, he wanted to try it out. He'd found a radio amateur in Portogardo, so he asked me to stay on shore while he and the skipper went out to sea. We kept in contact every few minutes while he headed her out toward the, the Boldero Islands. The Boldero Islands. Isn't that where you lost a power cruiser a couple of years ago? Yes, the Connie O, named after me, and I begged him not to go out there again. Why, Mrs. Lanfear? Because of the treacherous currents between the two little islands, the great deep that lies between them, a terribly dangerous spot with pinnacles of rock that reach up almost to the surface. Well, why did he go out there again? To prove a point. That's all, to prove a point. Look, I'm afraid I don't follow you. Doug had blamed the loss of the Connie O two years before on poor seamanship by the man at the wheel. He wanted to prove that he could take a boat through there safely. Oh, Kind of looks like he was wrong, doesn't it? His last words over the radio were that a rock had torn the bottom out of the sea lakes. Oh, Mr. Dollar, before the signal stopped, I could hear the crunching of the hull and the sound of the waters that swept in and over, and it was terrible. You sent someone out there right away, of course. Oh, yes, but it was no use. The sea legs was gone. And with it went my husband. And the man with him. And the, uh, the bodies were never no. recovered? Before, when we lost the Connie O, we had time to put on life preservers, launch the small boat. I must admit, I wondered how it was. But when the sea legs went down, there wasn't time, and I could hear it over the radio, and it was terrible. It was terrible. I'm sorry. It's all right. I'm all right, Johnny. Mr. Dollar? I, uh... I may have to go down there, Mrs. Lanfear, and go through the motions of an investigation, you know. But then you'll... Uh... Your companies will pay the claims. I certainly see no reason now why not. It's terrible to have to be so frank about it. But I do need the money, Johnny. I was telling the truth. I didn't see any reason why the claims shouldn't be paid. Perhaps Connie Lanfear's explanation of why she wasn't grieving over the loss of her husband was true. But more than once I wondered if she weren't far more concerned over the loss of the yacht. Or about how soon she could collect on the policies. Then that deliberate slip and starting to call me by my first name. Just what are your plans, Mrs. Lanfear? Plans, Johnny? I, I don't quite know what you mean. Well, suppose the companies make prompt payment on these claims. That'll mean $400,000. Well, really, Mr. Dollar, aren't you overstepping bounds a little bit? Maybe. But if it'll make you feel any better, or if it'll help to hasten a settlement, I'll tell you. I'll sell what is left of this property and leave the country. Leave for where? Somewhere in Europe on the continent. Alone? I beg you. Of course, alone. Sorry, I just wondered. Doug and I were too close to even think of my having boyfriends or whatever you want to call it. 
The more I think about it, the more I resent that question. No particular implication meant, Mrs. Lanfield. Next thing, you'll start implying that the sea legs wasn't wrecked at all, that Doug is still alive somewhere, and that if you can't dig them up out of the sea, your precious companies can somehow contrive to keep the money that is rightfully mine, can get out of paying off on what I thought was a legitimate... The more she talked, the more I became convinced that something was very wrong about this case. I let her vent her fury on me. It was simulated fury, I thought. Then I called the taxi again and left. Oh, no, sir, mister. You're all wrong. Them landfears, they were thick as two peas in a pod. Say, tell me, did you ever notice any particular friends either of them may have had? Well, they was always throwing them big parties. Is that what you mean? Big society-type brawls. No, no, I was thinking of girlfriends for him or boyfriends for her. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. He was her, she was his, and no playing around. Not like most people in that set. And I know. <laughs> I know everything goes on in Cutshaw. Back in New York, I found that the best immediate routing to Nicaragua was by plane to Dallas, then to Mexico City, and finally to Managua on the West Coast. I made a reservation on the Dallas plane immediately, that's item four, and then spent $1.40, that's item five, on a phone call to Pat McCracken back in Hartford. Well, sure, Johnny, if you think it's important enough, you have my full permission. Yeah, I've already made my reservation for the first leg of the trip. Well, now, don't go overboard on the expense account. Pat, how you talk. But you really smell a rat, huh? Well, look, according to report, the Lanfears were real buddy-buddy. She loved him, he loved her. Yet only a couple of weeks after his death, she's a lot more concerned over the loss of their boat than she is over him. Oh? You think perhaps... Uh, I don't know what to think. Meantime, if you can afford it, why don't you have somebody keep a check on her? Well, sure, Johnny, but with what specifically in mind? I don't know. After all, I didn't have any real concrete reason for feeling that this case was fishy. It was more a hunch than anything else, but a real strong one. And I felt that after my visit to her, Connie Lanfear would do something, just what I hadn't the least idea. But whatever it was, I wanted to know about it. It was a couple of hours later that I started to pick up the telephone to order a cab to the airport. Johnny Dollar. This is Pat again, Johnny. Oh, hi. I ordered a man to keep tabs on Connie Lanfear. Good. It's your old friend, Detective Randy Singer. Fine. Hey, but you know what? What? She seems to have left town in a hurry. No trace. Uh-oh. You still going to Nicaragua? Yeah, but keep looking for her. Right. Expense account item 6, 475. Taxi and tip to LaGuardia Field, where my ticket and seat reservation were waiting for me. Within a few minutes, I was comfortably ensconced in my seat by the window. The passenger door was closed, and the big plane's engines were warming up for the trip to Dallas. Then suddenly, the cabin door opened again. A feminine figure skipped lightly in and plunked herself down on the seat next to mine. Well, how nice. Mrs. Lanfear. Surprise, Johnny? Here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, the seeds of suspicion really begin to sprout with the help of one of the wildest characters I ever met. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Here's your call to Hartford, Mr. Dollar. Go ahead, please. Hello? Pat McCracken. What'd you get me out of bed for this time? I'm calling from the airport in Dallas. Does that mean you're going on to Nicaragua? Yep. All right, then I know why you're calling. The answer is no, we still haven't found any trace of Constance Lanfear. So why don't you come on back here and start from scratch? Because I have found some trace of Connie Lanfear. Oh, it's Connie now, huh? It sure is, brother. And what's that supposed to mean? Pat, she just happened to occupy a seat aboard the plane right next to mine. Look, Johnny, why don't you work on the facts of the case for a change instead of on the woman involved? Patrick... Ever hear of killing two birds with one stone? Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location Bluefields, Nicaragua, to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Sea Legs matter. Expense account item 8, 525. Late supper at the Dallas airport for Connie and myself during the wait for our midnight plane to Mexico City, which we finally boarded and which finally took off. And on this trip, I learned no more, no less from Connie than I had on the flight from New York to Dallas. For instance... Doug and I were so close in everything. Same friends, the same interests. That's why we always took the long yachting trips together. Did everything together. As a matter of fact, I felt that her somewhat overdone assurances of how much she loved her late husband could have been to throw off any suspicion I might have that she'd done him in. Another, for instance... I still can't get over the coincidence of our both deciding to go to Nicaragua at the same time. But believe me, Johnny, Mr. Dollar, I'm just as anxious to clear up this whole thing as you are. The more I thought about it, the more certain I was that it was not just coincidence that had put her on the same plane with me, and the more leery I felt. I know the country so well, too. I think I told you the Sea Legs was built in a small shipyard in San Juan del Paro. That's south of Bluefields. Yeah, that's at the lower end of the East Coast, isn't it? You do know something about Nicaragua, don't you? Oh, uh, only what I've seen on the maps. Oh. Now, let's see. We can get a plane from Managua to the East Coast? Oh, yes. Nicaragua boasts two or three commercial airlines. I'm sure at least one of them makes a direct flight to Bluefields. Uh, that's where we put in with the sea legs you know before... Before she was... Before the beautiful thing went down between those awful Boldero Islands... And took your husband with her. Oh, yes. Poor Doug. There it was again. More apparent concern over the loss of the sea legs than over the husband she claimed to have loved so much. And still no explanation of why she decided to go back to Nicaragua. Her decision must have been sudden, too, right after I'd seen her at her home on Long Island. From Mexico City, we took a deluxe four-engine plane to Managua, but the last leg to the city of Bluefields was in a two-engine something that looked like war surplus tied together with bailing wire. At midnight, we signed into the Providencia Hotel and after a hearty meal, retired to our respective rooms to make up for lost sleep. I had not planned to wake up at 6 a.m., but fate decreed otherwise. Huh? Huh, what? Ha-ha! You're stealing bat! Yeah, sure. Just a minute, I'll get up and open the door. Uh, no, 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 no. Do not disturb yourself, dear sir. Huh? There, you see, there was no need to disturb yourself. Well, now, just a minute. Who are you? Oscar Patrick Vladimir Poschero. At your service. Oscar Patrick, what? Hey, you, my dear Mr. Dollar, may just call me Oscar, now that we are working together. Working together? Whatever Welcome you... Welcome to Nicaragua. And no matter what your needs, I, Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pescaro, will provide them for you. Uh, for a small financial pittance, of course. <laughs> Here, let me straighten your pillow. Hey, look, wait. Now. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did you get the key you just used to open this door? <laughs> As you can see, Mr. Dollar, I am prepared for everything. That is why I can be of such unesteemable service to you. Oh, now, who the devil is that? The breakfast I ordered for you, of course. Ah, here, my good man. I will take the tray. Ah, 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 ah. You may collect the tips some other time. Get lost. Is this a gag of some kind? Mr. Dollar, how can you say such a thing after I just saved you paying that menial servant a big tip? Uh, here now. Uh, tomato juice, orange juice, cream, chippy fun, toast, oh, eggs, oh. benedict, lamb chops, scrambled eggs, little sausages, toast, honey, jam, and coffee. You expect me to eat all of that? If I am to be of help to you in this important campaign, I must keep my strength up. Oh, I beg your pardon. And at my expense, of course. Of course. After all, nowhere else in Central America can you get such invaluable help as I can give you. Yeah, well, just what gives you the idea I may need your help? Aha, a good question. Oh, here, let me prop you up on your pillow so that you can enjoy this delectable food. Oscar. There you are. Oh, now the cheap beef and toast. It doesn't look so good this morning, so I shall take that. And the lamb chops. Oscar, will you please... Uh, now, to business. While you enjoy your breakfast, that is. No, 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 please don't wait for me, Mr. Dollar. Look, to begin with, how did you know my name? Ha! 
easy. You signed the hotel register. Okay, but then how did you and know? And who has not heard of the famous freelancing insurance instigator with such a lovely, big, fat expense account, huh? Lucky man. Ah, so that's what appealed to you. Yeah, of course. And who am I, Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pascara? Yeah. Exactly. Who am I that I shouldn't learn a couple of tricks or two from such a great man? Oh, brother, it seems to me you've learned plenty already. Thank you. And that is why I shall be of such magnitudinous assistance to you in the ceilings matter. For a pittance, you understand. Yeah. <laughs> Say, a uh, hundred dollars a day. <laughs> How about ten? Ninety. Twenty, then. Seventy. Forty? Thirty. Fifty? Twenty a day and not one penny more. <laughs> Sorry, Oscar, but you are not hired. Oh, Mr. Dollar, you bleed me to the quick. How else could you solve this case without me? Do you really know something about the sea legs? And how did you know I came here to investigate it? In the second place, what else would such a distinguished instigator be doing than the case of the American boat lost in the Buldara Islands, especially coming here with Mrs. Lanthier? All right, go on. And in the first place, because I know all about it. All right, all right, Oscar, tell me this. Do you think there's anything phony about the loss of the sea legs? I am sure of it. It was a crime of the first and second water. Why? Because you are here. Ah, you can do better than that. All right. Because I am always sure there is something crooked going on until the guilty ones are proved otherwise or until the innocent ones are proved whatever is left, which is besides the point because I was sure of it in the first place. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, the first thing for you to do is make a trip to Portogardo. The last point of contact with the sea legs before she was wrecked. Exactly. I have a plane ready and waiting for your own personal use. A plane? Yeah. How else? A hundred and fifty miles by ox cart? Or, or, or both? Well, no, no, no. First, however, I'd like to contact the authorities here in Bluefield. Whee, what do the authorities know about crime? Me, I know all about it. Yeah, I'm beginning to think you do, Oscar. Too much, probably. Thank you, Mr. Dollar. I respect your high opinion of myself. All right. I don't know yet what your racket is, but... <laughs> that I can make plain to you in two words. Money. Okay, look. If you can get me a small plane... Here, good, sir, is the address to give to the taxi driver when you are ready to go to the airfield, where I shall be waiting for you. Oh? Not the big airport? No, 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 no. That is where the lady, Mrs. Lanthier, would expect you to look for transportation. Oscar, you are the craziest. Thank you. I, I, I knew you wouldn't want her coming along, and if she ever gets in your way during your campaign... You'll keep her out of my way. Yes. At my expense. What else? I'll tell you something, Oscar... If there is a wrong angle to this case, I can't help wondering if she isn't a part of it. You read my mind. You see, we are like brothers under the chin. You say you have a plane all ready to go, A huh? charter plane. Then we can be on our way before Mrs. Lamphere knows we've left. Hey, you want to set the tray over there so I can get up? Oh, yes, of course. I'll set it right over here on the... Hmm? Hey, wait a minute. What are you going through my pockets for? Oh, just accepting a small tip for bringing up your breakfast. Thank you. If only half of what Oscar said was true, it was conceivable that he could be of help to me. I checked with the hotel manager and the local police. They knew Oscar well and told me that he pretty much lived on the occasional American tourist who showed up. That he acted as guide, chauffeur, pilot, anything for a price. That he could be trusted implicitly by whoever happened to be paying him at the moment. And, which was important to me, he knew the country and its people inside out, was a font of information about anything and anybody. So I decided to let him tag along for a while. The Federal Maritime, uh, well, the equivalent of our Coast Guard, had headquarters in the harbor area, and I found a captain there who spoke fair English. I'm sorry, said your dollar, but you know as much as we do. We sent a boat, of course, but we find no sign of the sea legs or the poor people who go down with her. Nothing. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of going up to Porto Gardo, where she took off on her last trip, you know. Excellent idea. From there, you can uh, fly out to the Boldaro Islands where the wreck did occur. Well, that's what I was thinking of. But in addition to an airplane, you must uh, also need a pilot and a guide. You have someone to suggest? I see, there is but one. Senor Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pascaro. Precisely. Item nine, 20 cents American for a three-mile ride and an old Model T Ford to the little private airstrip where, true to his word, Oscar had rented an almost brand-new two-place plane for us. He had it warmed up and ready to go. So fasten your belt, Mr. Dollar, relax and enjoy it, and it'll take off. You sure you can fly this thing, Oscar? Ha! 
I am the finest pilot in Nicaragua, maybe in the whole world. I'm even a co-pilot. Just how much is the use of this plane costing me, Oscar? For me, a special rate, so don't worry about it. Here we go, into the... How much? Well, the usual price is $35 a day, American. But me, I always have a deal. And that's on account of I give the field so much business. So now that that is settled... Oscar, how much? $45 a day. And do you see what a beautiful view we have from... 45 Look, the bay and the Caribbean on one side, and the flat, empty marshes and plains on the now, other. Now, wait a minute, and look. $35 a day is a regular rate. What's so special about 45 for me? Oh, no, Mr. Dollar. For me... Surely you wouldn't expect the finest pilot in the whole entire world to work for nothing. Why, you... Okay, okay. But what took you so long getting to the airfield, Mr. Dollar? Oh, a couple of calls I wanted to make us all. Why? Why? You have disappointed me. And all the time I thought you had the uttermost confidence in me. Now, what's that supposed to mean? First, you tell me you do not want the lady to know you're awake and up and going. Mrs. Lanfear? Yes. And then what happens? You tell her all about it. What makes you think that? Why else would she come tearing out to the airfield while I was waiting for you? Wait a minute. To rent herself a plane and take off in it. What? She took off just a couple of minutes before we did. Connie Lanfear, chartering a plane. Why? And to go where? And after her offer to stick by me and help me, why would she do it without letting me know? There were a lot of questions to be answered in this case, and most of them to be answered by Connie Lanfear. Here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, the sea, the rocks, and dear old Mother Nature bring some pretty startling facts to light. And the case takes a sudden twist. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. You hear me? Johnny Dollar calling. This is Pat McCracken, the Universal Adjustment Bureau. What in the... Hi, so- Patsy. Johnny Dollar. Johnny, what kind of a noisy hookup is this, anyway? Pat, this call is being relayed to you from an amateur radio station. Well, next time, try the telephone. From Puerto Gardo, Nicaragua? Oh, now you're coming in quite clearly. A port of what? It's a little spot on the Caribbean coast, the last port of call for the sea legs before she was wrecked. Mrs. Douglas Lanfear still with you? No. And I don't know where she's gone, which is why I called. So? She acted just as surprised as I was that we both took the same plane down here. And, Pat, I still don't know why she decided to come here at all. Maybe she doesn't like the idea of your going down there to investigate the case. She wouldn't admit it, of course, but that's what I think. You think she may try to obstruct your investigation? Right now, I don't know, because she suddenly chartered a small plane and disappeared. To work her way back here to the States? Ah, your guess is as good as mine. Look... Why don't you hire a watch on her place on Long Island? And if she shows there, call me at the Hotel Providencia. It's in the city of Bluefield. Nicaragua. Right. In any event, you think her claims for insurance on the sea legs and on Douglas Landfair are fraudulent. Pat, at this point, I don't know what to think. Tonight, and every weekday night... Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location San Juan del Perro, Nicaragua, to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut... Following is an account of expenditures and report of activities during my investigation of the sea legs matter. Pat, I lied to you during that radio contact a few minutes ago. I do think Connie Lanfear's claims for $400,000 insurance are fraudulent. Fraudulent as the very devil. But just why I think so is beyond me. At any rate, the assistant who's foisted himself on me down here is a real weirdy whose name, believe it or not is Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pasquero. He rented a plane and has flown me here to Puerto Gardo, a half-baked little town on Nicaragua's east coast. Here is where a radio amateur made the last contact with the sea legs before it smashed up and sank off the Baldero Islands. And who is the operator of this ham station? 
Oscar Patrick Vladimir Poscaro. Such a long talker, Mr. Dollar. I, I'm cranking this generator until my arm is nearly dropping off. Well, I'm sorry, Oscar, but that contact with the States was important. Even my back is tired. Ah, I know. I'll make an expense account to you. Say, $10? You try that, and I'll fly back to Bluefields without you. Oh, please, Mr. Dollar, no joking, please. Who's joking? But without me, you would be a lost soul in this vile country. Hey, tell me something. Why did you ever set up a transmitter in this isolated fishing village? I should set it up in Bluefields? Ha! They even wanted me to have some kind of license up there. Disgusting. And a waste of money, too. Now, that reminds me. Do you have a pilot's license? Who needs a pilot's license when those little planes practically fly themselves? Besides, a pilot's license costs money, too. Well, I have one. So from here on in, I stay at the controls. No confidence in me. No confidence in you. What a smirch on the good name of Oscar. Okay, okay. Now, let's get out to that flat where you parked the plane. I want to fly over the spot where the sea legs went down. <laughs> you see how invaluable I am? Huh? Without me, you wouldn't even know where to look for the Boldaro Island. You know darn well. All I have to do is look at the charts in the cockpit of the plane. But, Mr. Dollar, that wouldn't be fair. The Balderos turned out to be only six or eight miles offshore. Two narrow little rocky islands that poked up out of the sea to keep each other company in the vast, quiet blue expanse. One of them was perhaps a mile long, and the other, just a couple of hundred yards away and stretching parallel to it, was even smaller. Sure, to a man at the wheel who was unfamiliar with these waters and without charts, the Balderos could conceivably be a menace to navigation. In the dark of the night, that is. Oscar. Yes, sir? Do you remember what time of day it was when the sea legs went down? Of course, I remember anything. Names, dates, places. Well, how about the sea legs? Of course, I was talking to her by radio. Well? Such a lovely day, too, just like today. And you know Mr. Lanter even promised to take me fishing after we finished the radio contact testing? What time? He even promised we would... Oh, uh, it was exactly 10.21 a.m. when the radio signal from the yacht suddenly cut off. You're sure of that? Yes, sir. We were talking away back and forth, and then, pip, nothing. 10.21. One question, a couple of real good answers. A daylight today meant it was clear and calm, and 10.21 a.m. meant full daylight. The Balderos must have stuck out like a sore thumb. Hang on, Oscar. I'm going to make a tight circle over those islands for a closer look. You sure you wouldn't like for me to steer, Mr. Dollar? I'm sure. But if you do all the work, how am I ever going to earn the handsome restrainer you're going to pay me? Wait a minute. Yes, sir? That channel between the islands is as smooth as a mill pond. Sure, it always is, except during a storm. And so clear you can see way down into it. Oscar, I thought there were a lot of pinnacles of rocks sticking up in that channel. Oh, maybe at low tide, one or two on the east side, very shallow, otherwise like you see it now. And what's supposed to make the channel so dangerous? The current that runs through it when the tide is changing, Mr. Dollar, it's how you say, ideally, like, like now when the tide is coming in. Enough to wreck a boat like the sea legs? If the skipper wasn't watching the road, you should see how the current wobbles and squirms. Hey, look, there's a packing case down there floating around. You, you see? First one direction, then the other, shifting around like a crazy. Yeah. Oscar, I think that packing case is going to be a big help to us. Yeah, maybe there's something in it that might be worth money or something. Oh, stop thinking of money. Then how? We're going to see just where the current delivers that packing case. You want to know where that packing case will be ending up? That's what I said. Then steer back to Portogardo, to the beach in front of my superlative radio station. Huh? Sure. How else do you think I got all the lumber and furniture and stuff from my radio shack? He was right. From the air, we could see that every bit of flotsam passing through the Baldero Island Channel on a rising tide wound up in the tiny cove on the shallow sandbar directly in front of Oscar's radio shack. Even now, it was piled high with crates, bits of ship's rigging, odd pieces of furniture. That junk stay down there forever, Oscar? Ah, no, Mr. Dollar. Once a month, a real big high tide comes along and presto. I have a clean front yard again. Uh, but I always make a trip up here before then. What do you mean? Sure, that's why I'm Nicaragua's A number one beach brusher. Oh, stop being corny. What do you mean, beachcomber? So I have to brush the sand off everything I pick up down there. 
so you didn't laugh. What do I care? Anyhow, you should see some of the valuable things I pick up to sell to the natives. Well, tell me, two years ago, when the Landfair's other boat went down. Ha, <laughs> ha, you should have seen it. Everything that could float ended right up in my front yard. It was beautiful. How about when the sea legs was wrecked? You know, that's very funny, Mr. Dollar. There was nothing, nothing at all. I, I don't understand it. Well, I think I do. I think I'm beginning to understand a lot of things about this case. Hang on, Oscar. We're flying back to Bluefield. Expense account item 12, 30 cents American. Taxi from the private airport where we'd rented the plane to the headquarters of the Federal Maritime. I never will get that straight. Call it the Coast Guard and Captain Ramirez. Si, senor. On uh, July, the... Uh, ah, here it is. Uh, the date... And at 10.21, Captain. You see, the tide at 10.21 was just after what you call uh, neap. So it was neat. It was pretty. What does that mean? Oh, shut up, Oscar. Yeah, I see, Captain. Neap tide at 9.40. So it was coming in, rising, huh? You see, Senor Dollar, uh, rising right. up. Good. Thanks, Captain. Here, buy yourself a cigar. Buy yourself a whole box. Uh, gracias, Senor. Gracias. Come on, Oscar. Sure, Mr. Dollar. Nothing for me? Later. Come on, we're going back to the airfield. And from there, we're going to fly down the coast again. Uh, but, Mr. Dollar... And I feel so good, I may even let you fly that plane this time. Uh, for a small pittance, even? For a small pittance, even. Now, drag out your best dialect and call that taxi over here. Mm-hmm. Item 13, six bucks for the Capitan. Item 14, 50 cents taxi back to the airfield. Mm-hmm. For some reason, the fare in the old Model T went up every time I used it. Or did Oscar wink some kind of a deal with a driver that he could cut in on later? Item 15 and another 45 bucks for rental of the plane, and I'm sure it all went into Oscar's pocket, that his knowledge of the language enabled him to persuade the owner we shouldn't pay two rentals in one day. We headed south and made good time. But where are we going? Another few minutes and you'll be down to Costa Rica. What's that little seaport straight ahead? San Juan del Perro. And according to this map, it has a more than adequate landing field. Look, do you see what I see down there on it? Yeah, exactly what I hope to see. The twin of this plane. The plane in which Mrs. Landfair disappeared this morning. Now land right beside it. No sooner said than my name is Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pascaro. Don't these little fields have any personnel? Ha! If they get two planes a month, they think it's a crowd. Yeah, but there must be somebody. There's a car back of the hangar. Good. Then we'll have transportation into town. You still haven't told me why you decided to come here. Was it because Mrs. Lanther did? That was something I didn't know until I saw that plane down there. All right, easy now. Don't land too close to it. I am in perfect control. Here we go. No, Oscar, it was a hunch. Based on the fact I remembered that the Sea Lakes was built in this town. Hey, nice landing. Thank you, Mr. Dollar. It may be a little extra bonus for such a good if job. If you don't stop talking about money, you're going to have to find yourself a... See, am I crazy? Is... Isn't there someone in the cabin on that other plane? Hey, the car, it's coming over to meet us. Hey, watch it, Oscar. That darn fool is heading right across our landing plane. Huh? Come the engine. He is. He crazy. Can't he see us? Hey, swing high, but don't flip us. Come on, more throttle. He, it's already there. Let's straighten out. Take off. I can't. What do I do? What do I do? Let me hit those controls and hang on. Here he comes. He'll hit our gear. Hang on. Oh! For a long moment, there was nothing but a vague blackness all about me, and the sound of our crack-up seemed to roll and echo almost dreamily back and forth in the deep recesses of my mind. Then, slowly, hazily, I hear... I seemed to hear some of the sound. Yeah, like an engine, far off. An engine of a plane starting up and lazily moving away. Sure, yeah, of course, I did hear it. It was the other plane, the one that had been parked on the landing strip. Then as my mind began to clear, I realized I'd seen something, someone else. I'd caught a glimpse before the car struck our landing gear of the man behind the wheel of it. A man whose picture I'd seen briefly at the home of Constant Landfair. But it couldn't be. Oh, Mr. Dollar... Am I still alive? Yeah, Oscar. I'm afraid you are. Uh, thank you. But did you... Oh! Uh, did you see who was driving that car? 
You recognize him? Look, maybe they're both dead like he is. And that's why we saw him. Douglas Lanfear? Yes, sir. Mr. Douglas Lanfear. Now, here's our star to tell you about tomorrow's episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, the dark back streets of San Juan del Perro yield some valuable information and a threat of sudden death. And believe me, it isn't an idle threat. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Ah. Johnny? Yes. Pat McCracken, Universal Adjustment in Hartford. Oh, hi, Pat. Now listen, as you requested, I had a man sent out to Mrs. Lanfear's Long Island home to see if she'd returned. I suspicion wrong, Pat. She's still here, very much so. Will you listen? Shoot. The man was a little overambitious. Let himself into the house through a basement window. So? While he was there, the telephone rang. He wasn't crazy enough to answer it. Crazy like a fox. It was long distance from right where you are now, San Juan del Perro. And Johnny, I suspect it was from the man on whose policy she's made a claim for a quarter million dollars. Her dear departed husband, Douglas Lanford. Right. And if so, her claim on him, at least, is fraudulent. So see if you can dig up some proof. Brother, I have it. The man is anything but dead. Huh? It was Douglas Lanfear who wrecked our plane when we tried to land here a few hours ago. Then Johnny, get him. Sure. If he doesn't get me first. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location San Juan del Perro, Nicaragua, to the Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an accounting of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Sea Legs matter. $250,000 insurance claimed by Mrs. Constant Lanfear for the death of Douglas Lanfear. An additional $150,000 for the loss of the yacht, the Sea Legs. Claim number one now proved to be fraudulent. As for number two, the claim on the yacht? Expense account item 14, $2 American. To the banana plantation worker who pulled us out of the small plane that Douglas Landfair wrecked as we tried to land. And another dollar to said plantation worker for a ride into town in his ancient truck. I must admit that this is one time that my ubiquitous assistant, Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pasquero, came in handy through his knowledge of the Spanish-Indian dialects spoken in these parts. Apparently, San Juan del Perro had once been a fairly busy little seaport. But over a period of years, the sea had slowly and exorably washed in shallow sandbars, and only a handful of small cargo and fishing boats now negotiated the narrow channels that led out to the Blue Caribbean. The town itself was scattered around a small marketplace near the docks. There were a few stone and brick buildings, including the San Andrea Hotel, but most of them were weather-beaten frame structures. An occasional aged American car kicked up the dust, but most of the street traffic was ox carts. Item 15, $2 American, to a doctor with an unpronounceable name who came to our room at the San Andre and patched us up. And about 7 p.m. he left after instructing us to spend the rest of the night in bed. Item 16, another $2 for a sumptuous dinner brought to our room. American dollars, I learned, go far in this place. Unless, of course, Oscar gets his hands on them. You should let me handle all the bills for you while you're here in Nicaragua, Mr. Dollar. Yeah, sure, and let you take a 50% commission on all of them, huh? No, thanks. Oh, but, Mr. Dollar, I'm... When the poor fellow who rented us that plane to get down here starts patching it up, my expense account is going to take a big enough beating. Have no fear. I will supervise the repairs on the plane myself. Yeah, for a small pittance. Yeah, of course. Ah. Uh, uh, what a wonderful dinner. Now, to sleep it off. Well, you sleep all you want to. I got work to do. Work? Yeah. 
Hey, besides, you still haven't told me why we flew down here in the first place. I still don't understand. Listen, Oscar, a couple of years ago, Landfair lost a power cruiser off the Baldero Islands. I know. I told you I helped him and his wife and his captain get to shore. He collected $85,000 for that boat from his insurance company. I saw the boat. It was worth the 85000 So he should have insured it for more, maybe 100000 Made himself a profit. A very poor businessman. Will you listen? The ease of collecting on that loss must have given him ideas. What's more he could do with some money? The parental estate was running low. Anyhow, a few weeks ago, he brings a yacht, a motor sailor down here. The sea lakes. Right. This one's insured for 150000 And his own life is insured for a quarter million. Uh-huh. Maybe he's not such a bad businessman after all. He takes the sea lakes out to the very same place where he lost the first boat. This time, he leaves his wife ashore. He and the skipper go out alone, presumably to check on some new radio equipment he's installed. Sure, we made the radio contact from my own personal sender on shore at Porto Gardo. But the contact was suddenly cut off. I heard it. And the next thing we know, Mrs. L is back at her home on Long Island claiming a total of 400000 Well, why not if she thought he went down with the boat? Because I don't think she did. What's more, I'm uh, going to prove... Uh, of course I knew it all the time. Because if he drowned off the Bulldara Islands, what was he doing here today, driving the car that wrecked our plane? Unless he was dead. And do you know something, Mr. Dollar? I don't believe it. Oscar, there was somebody in the cabin of that other plane waiting to take off with him after he smashed our landing gear. You didn't see who? No, but I'll give you odds it was constant landfear. Another thing, she said that when the sea legs went down, she heard it go over the radio. You said that the signal just suddenly cut off. Mr. Dollar... You don't think the yacht was wrecked at all? Not any more than I think Landfair went down with it. Then where is it? Well, I have a hunch it's right here in San Juan del Perro. Yes, but wouldn't everybody know the boat? Oh, Oscar, one of the oldest insurance rackets in the world is to fake a shipwreck, take the hull to some obscure foreign port, dress it up a new paint and rigging, then put it to sea again. Now, why didn't I think of such a good Now, if I remember rightly, I spotted a couple of old shipyards down here when we circled the land. Uh, yeah, sure, but there's only one that does any work. Do you know where it is? Of course I do. <laughs> You see how invaluable I am to you? Then that's where we're going right now. Uh, but, Mr. Dollar, what if you do find the boat? What do you mean? If Mr. Lanfear has already flew the goose. He, he took off in that other plane after we cracked up. Look, we'll take things as they come along. Right now, while we're here, I want to look for that yacht. I saw an excellent picture of it, and I'm sure if I find it, I can identify it. And if we do find it? We will have twice the case against the Lanfears. Mr. Dollar. Mr. Dollar, I am fortunate to be working for such a sterling, silver, 14-carat genius for the most outstanding, intelligent... Get your hands out of my pockets. There's one other thing I'd like to find. One person, unless Landfair murdered him. Who? His one-man crew. Oh, Raymond Gonzalez. The, the same man as on the first trip. Well, if he was allowed to live through the first wreck, he was probably in cahoots with Landfair and therefore is still around. Would you recognize him if you saw him? Maybe so, maybe not. The, the first trip, he was big and fat. Uh, the second trip, he was skinnier. He, he wore a beard on his face. If he's changed again, yeah. Oh, you're a lot of help. I thought you never forgot a name or a face. But, Mr. Dollar, him I never made any money off of. <sighs> well, come on, get into your clothes and let's prowl around the shipyard. <laughs> It was only a few minutes after eight, but the town was practically asleep, except for an old saloon down near the docks. Quietly, so not to disturb the snoozing night clerk, we let ourselves out of the hotel and headed for the waterfront. The night was clear and moonlit, so we had no trouble finding the way. I glanced hopefully into the open door of the dockside saloon as we passed it, and I chuckled at the incongruity of the music blurring away. But of course, saw no one that... Wait a minute, Oscar. Yes, sir? At that table in there, drinking beer. Hey, can one of them be the Raymond Gonzalez you mentioned? So who can tell from here? In San Juan del Perro, there must be a hundred who are skinny and wear a dirty little beard on their face. Could you tell from close-up? Sure. What, he recognize you? So what? Well, it might not be very healthy for you. Ah, Mr. Dollar, working on an important campaign for you, my dearest friend, I would gladly lay down my life for you. For a small pittance, of course. Of course. Anyhow, how would he know I am working for you? Okay, okay then. Saunter in and take a look. Okay. I'll wait right here. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh... 
<laughs> nice weather we are having, huh? Es buen día, no? no? Well, 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 if it isn't my old pal Ramon Gonzalez. How are you, Ramon? Estrangero. Estrangero? Me? A stranger? Why, I'm one of your oldest and dearest friends. El mi amigo, remember? Salgate, estrangero. Get out. But I am Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pesquero. You know, there's a fine old Spanish name. Who helped you ashore that time when you... No, 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 no. no. Put on that bottle. Salga, lárgate de aquí, o si no te mato. Oh, no, no. Te mato. Mr. Dollar. Mr. Dollar. Yeah, I don't think they liked you to interrupt their little beer party. He threatened me with a mic. He said he would kill me. Is he Ramon Gonzalez? Who? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, I'm sure of it. You see, Mr. Dollar, he did not go down with the ship. You're telling me. Well, aren't you going to do something about him? Later, if I locate the sea legs. Cautiously, quietly, looking back over my shoulder now, we prowl through the old shipyard. And finally, led by the smell of fresh paint, I found it. The once clean white hull was painted a gaudy red and blue. And given the appearance of age, the mahogany rail and taffrail had been replaced with iron pipe. The beautiful teakwood deck painted a dirty gray. The wheelhouse had been moved, the cabin altered, even the mast, bowsprit, and general rigging changed. Stanchions, cleats, all the hardware that had once been polished bronze was now corroded or painted over. All in all, a quick, very thorough job of disguise, of change, from a graceful, expensive yacht to a rather weary-looking fishing schooner. But it was the sea legs, all right. I would never believe it, Mr. Dollar. I, I, I never would have recognized it. Are you sure? Wind your hand over the transom here. Hmm? You can feel where the lettering has been painted over. It doesn't strike it much, I can see. Better not. Somebody... That's too late now. But do you see where the outline of the lettering is underneath this last coat of paint? Sea legs. But it was such a beautiful boat. And now it looks like... Like a dirty old tramp. <sighs> well, what do we do now? Go back to that saloon and latch onto Ramon Gonzalez. Make him talk. Sure. Only, uh, I... <laughs> I'll wait for you. Huh? Well, he's so big and strong, Mr. Dollar, and, and that knife in his belt. Why, I thought you said you'd lay down your life. Uh, sure, sure, I... But what could he tell you that you don't already know now? Where the land first headed when they took off on that plane. Come on. But I... Okay, you lead. Alto, senor. Uh-huh. Mr. Dollar, it's him. You like the man to show me the way. Gracias. I was afraid of that. Look, the knife in his hand. Oscar, if he makes one move to throw it, pull the trigger. Trigger? What Yo, trigger? Have I... I gone? No, 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 I swear I... But I have a couple of fists. Ah! Well, let's bring him in. Bring him too, so I can question him. No, 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 no. Let, 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 let's get out of here. Please, Mr. Dollar. He, he may have a friend around. Quite right, Oscar. He has. And this one carries a gun aimed straight at Mr. Dollar's back. Well, well. Mrs. Lamphere. Surprised, Johnny? <laughs> Now, here's our star to tell you about the final episode of this week's story. Tomorrow, sometimes when you wind up a case, things take a turn, a sudden switch that makes you wish you hadn't won. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Hello, Captain. Thanks for returning my call. Oh, you are now in San Juan del Perro? Yeah. Oh, soon you will know Nicaragua's work. Yeah, listen, Captain, I need your help. Can you get a plane down here for me? The one we bought has been wrecked. Oh, see, Senor Dollar. And if I were you, I'd come along with it. I, Senor? But I... A nice chance to add to your laurels, Captain, by making a couple of arrests. Criminal? Yeah. 
one of them a killer. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey in the transcribed adventures of the man with the action packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location San Juan del Perro, Nicaragua, to Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is the final accounting of expenses and report on my investigation of the Sea Legs matter. Expense account item 18, one dollar American. Phone call to Captain Jose Ramirez to the Federal Maritime. I still can't spell it. Call it the Coast Guard. But a lot of things happened before I could make that call, like the fast plane trip that we made to San Juan del Perro in the hope of finding the yacht, the Sea Lake, despite a big insurance claim based on its alleged loss at sea. Like the fact that our plane was wrecked for us by one Douglas Landfair, despite a big claim based on his alleged death at sea. Like our discovery of the yacht, carefully altered and repainted in an old shipyard. Our discovery of Ramon Gonzalez, a member of the crew who was supposed to have gone down with it. Let's get out of here. Oh, no, Oscar. Not until I revive this Gonzales character and make him talk. You bucky may have a friend around. Quite right, Oscar. Yeah. Huh? Right under the gun and save Mr. Dolly's back. Well, well. Connie Lancer. Try, done. Not particularly. Stand still. I won't hesitate to pull this trigger. No, no, I guess you wouldn't. So you found the two legs. You'll ask to help you. Oh, then you're familiar with Oscar Patrick Vladimir Pascal. Ask him the chiseling money job. Please, please, how can you say such a thing about such a Oh, shut up, Oscar. Thank you. Nice job you did at disguising the sea legs, Mrs. Lancer. If Oscar hadn't shown me where to find it, my husband and I would have it out sea again. A new pose under a new Oh, yeah, and... sure, one of the oldest games in the business. And in the meantime, you would have collected $150,000 on a supposed loss. In addition to a quarter million on your husband, Douglas. Why did you have to come along, John? I'm afraid you asked for it when you filed your claim. $400,000. We had to. We were in trouble. Oh, sure, because you spent every nickel you could get your hands on. No. We inherited the estate. I told Douglas. Oh, yeah, sure. All his fault. It's true. Well, that ain't the way I heard it. And I don't intend to believe it any more than I believe a couple of things you told me on the plane down here. You don't understand. Nobody has to lie. Remember how you sobbed as you told about the last radio contact with your husband when, as you put it, you could hear the rocks grinding away at the hull and the water pouring in overside as he desperately fought for his Johnny, life? Johnny, please. Well, I heard it a little different from Oscar here. The radio signal was suddenly cut off. That's all. No fancy sound effects, nothing. Oscar told you that. And what rocks, by the way, that smashed the sea legs? I flew out to the Baldero Islands and tried to find them. They were as non-existent as the wreckage that should have washed ashore on the Valdero current. I'm beginning to see some things, John. The mate or skipper or whatever you want to call him, who was supposed to have been with your husband, has been lost with a boat, Ramon Gonzalez. Well, as you can see, he wasn't quick enough when he attacked us here a minute ago, and I had to get a little rough with him. Johnny! If you're having a gun pointing at my back, stop kidding, Connie. You know more about... Johnny, look out! Uh, you were too good for him. Well, I'll let her help you. Uh, that his knife? Uh-huh. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, I think I'd better have it, Oscar, because... Well, I see Connie Lanter made a hasty exit from the scene. She did? Well, what do you know about that? You didn't see her leave? Well, it's so dark in this old shipyard, and I was so worried about you, dear Mr. Dollar. Why, why don't you You should be. Plenty worried. Huh? Look, why don't we get out of I needed only two things when I came down here, Oscar. Proof, both of them. Why don't we get out of this dreary place, Mr. Dollar? I'm talking Somewhere there's lies. Oh, somewhere. shut up and listen. Thank you. I found them both now. Proof that Douglas Lanter never died in a wreck of the sea legs, and proof that the sea legs was never wrecked at all. Except for a couple of details, the case is closed. One of those details is you. Me? Oh, you've been paying me for all the unvaluable help I've been. Oh, how nice. I think it intended to be. Oscar, I'm going to lay the cards right on the table. And the money? I'll find it to you. Now, listen to me. Connie Lansley slipped away during our little ruckus here. 
But you could have stopped her as easily as you could have stopped this Gonzalez character from jumping me. She, she, she said she had a gun. A bluff. She didn't. But you did. Me? Oh, Mr. Dollar, I was... I spotted scared. that bulge under your left arm the minute you appeared in my hotel room that first morning. Well, don't reach for it, because I'm carrying one, too. Mr. Dollar, dear, I don't understand... Well, I do, now. I've wondered from the beginning just why you insisted on sticking so close to me from the minute I arrived here in Nicaragua. All right. I will tell you the truth. The whole truth. Even if it costs me a small, slight percentage of the munition fees you're going to pay me for the unestimable assistance I have been giving you. Ask him... You just won't give up, would you? The money. That's what it is. The money. Like I get from all the Americans who come here to Nicaragua. Only from you it was not for sightseeing, guiding, but for all the help. Like, for instance, the money you've been getting from the landfills? I cannot tell a lie, Mr. Dollar. I did get some money from Mr. and Mrs. Landfield, you know, for various and sunday services when first they came here. But by now, including the use of my radio center, you see, if I hadn't known they would pay me well for the using of my radio... Your unlicensed My radio. unlicensed radio, because the license cost too much. Why, I would never have been able to know about the wreck that didn't happen and so skillfully lead you to the Bogdara Islands and all the clues that, that I... Well, you know what I mean. What you really mean, Oscar, is that you expected a lot more from them if their crazy plan to collect on the insurance policies worked out. You sure? Because no, no, Mr. Dollar. No, I was only trying to help you. Think, Mr. Dollar, about all the things I've told you about. You were careful not to tell me a single thing that I wouldn't have learned anyway. Oh, Mr. Dollar. Why did you insist me. right off the bat that we fly to Puerto Gato, for instance? Why, I'm... Apparently to help me for a small pittance, of course. But actually, it was to keep me out of the way while Constant Lanfear made contact with her husband here in San Juan del Perro. Oh, please, I, no doubt you I, worked that all out with her before I, you busted in on me that first morning. Then when we did get to Puerto Gardo, trying to prevent me from spotting the current would have taken any wreckage from the island to wash it ashore on the sandbar at Puerto Gardo, if the sea legs had gone down. That isn't... No, no, no. I, I, I told you about that strong calendar that I've been to. Sure you did. But only because you realized at that point that I couldn't help finding out about it anyway. Mr. Dollar, you're making a crook out of Making me. a crook of you? Well, I have this little item, Archie. When we started to land our plane and Douglas Lanford came at us with his car, you know as well as I do that you could have avoided it. Kept us from stamping off our landing gear and crashing. Oh, oh it was nicely done, too so that you wouldn't get badly hurt, but still be up and around to collect from Lanfear for it. Oh, 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 Mr. Dollar, how can you even implicate such a horrible thing? You, my dearest, my undying Because friend. of your little suggestion along the way that I unfastened my seatbelt and relaxed while you, I noticed, kept yours tight, oh, one thing after another. Oh. And finally, of course, armed as you are, you not only let Gonzalez attack me, but you let Connie Lanfear escape as well. And all for money. Money. That's all you've talked about. How did you figure to collect for all this? Uh, it's true. It's true. All my life in every country in the world, I've been... Whatever I have done has been because I love money. But I, I swear, Mr. Dawson, I would have never let them kill you. Because I do like you, Mr. Dawson. I almost... Even with all the money I could get from them, I almost gave it up. Yeah, for whatever you could get from me. Yes. And because you're such a nice man, I... I guess I'm not used to being around nice... Mr. Dollar. Well? Mrs. Lanky. What about her? Don't be too hard on her. It was all his doings. She had such a strong hold over her. But is it true that sometimes I almost thought she wished she had gone down in the rest of the boat? What are you talking about? She's stolen it. Because by now she's so far in, she has to stick with him. Don't you see? Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose that does make sense. All right, what else? That's all. I opened up my whole entire heart. <sighs> well, Mr. Dollar. For once in my life, I'm telling the truth. I thought maybe I could persuade you to pay me more than they could. 
then I could be on your side, on the good side, just for one. But now, I, well, I guess I can only beg for your mercy. One thing you haven't told me, where Douglas Lanter is. You must know. Well, do you? Yes. Well, for maybe enough of a small pittance to get out of this country. Yes, get over it, can you? Well, you haven't much of a choice this time. You were saving me just a little bit, if, if I say. We'll see. I, I'm leaving on hope, Mr. Dollar, so I will tell you. Mr. Lanthier. Mr. Lanthier is right here. Uh -huh. And well-armed officer, ready to blow your brains out for what you've just told this nosy insurance investigator. Yeah, be careful, please. Mr. Dollar, he, he has a gun. Yeah, I see. So have you, Oscar. Yes. Yes, I have. Careful, Oscar. And if it is the last thing I do, the man who got me into this is going to... Oh, no, you don't! Stop! 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 Captain Ramirez of the Federal Maritime. Yeah, Sunday I'll write that word. And let him take charge. Extradition proceedings for Connie are underway. The U.S. courts will have to take over with her. And Doug Lanthier's body is being shipped to the States. Oscar's body? Well, I left some money with Captain Ramirez for a decent burial. Expense account total? $841.95. Remarks? I wonder what kind of a deal Oscar Patrick Vladimir Foscaro was able to make at the Pearly Gates, or wherever he was headed. And you know something? I kind of hope it was a pretty... Well, at least I hope it wasn't too bad a deal. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Next week, the promise of romance in the arms of a lovely girl. And the threat of a knife in the back. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. It is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone, who also wrote this week's story. Heard in our cast were Harry Bartell, Lawrence Dobkin, Virginia Gregg, Harley Bear, Don Diamond, and Russell Thorson. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Johnny Dollar has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Services.